1: What's happening, guys? We are live on what is now, I think it's Monday night. I don't know. I lose track of the days anymore. We are going to be back again talking more Browns, more more draft. We took a little break yesterday. If you did not listen, I had John Colosimo on and we talked about national media hatred toward Baker, a little bit of that, a little bit of why they released Sheldon Richardson and our thoughts in on that Uh, a simple reminder real quick we'll get out in front of this one if you have not subscribed to this channel do so so every single time we go live you get a notification on the youtube channel and then please however you get your podcast set up whether it's spotify whether it's apple whoever you go through please subscribe to the obr film breakdown channel here Uh, i always appreciate that support a review is always appreciated as well hopefully you're nice I would appreciate that, too. So listen, we're going to continue to talk about the draft. It feels like every year, and I tweeted about this today, the NFL draft gets further and further away at the turn of the corner. Like, I feel like it used to happen right around the time of the Masters. I don't know. Now we're three or four weekends past that. It's going to keep getting later because it just keeps drawing more money the further they go. And now that teams have kind of started to voice their opinions about uh, perhaps skipping a lot of the offseason team activities. It could it could even get later in the schedule, so it's even crazier. So I am a little burnt out on draft, but that doesn't mean that we are not going to talk about the draft because it is the main content machine right now. You guys ultimately want to know who the Browns are going to take and voice your opinion. So that's uh that's what we're going to do. I'm going to have Jordan Zermon. He is uh, he's been around Cleveland for a long time. I met him when I was traveling up there to to write about training camp, different things like that. He's been with ESPN uh, up there in Cleveland. He's done great work. He's he's running this. I don't know half a million follower count to, through the checkdown. You guys probably see their great content that they have uh, up on the Twitter feed. The tons of video. Uh, he's as good as as it comes with. And listen, he used to be on the blue the Blue Wire Network. He used to used to do the little rebuild action. But Jordan Jordan stepped away from that because he's a busy man. Uh, every now and again, he'll pop on there again. But I always try to connect with him as often as I can because I think he has great analysis, great opinions. Jordan, how are you, man?
0: Jake, I'm good, man. It's always, uh, it's good to chat with you. We were just talking beforehand and, um, yeah, I'm uh, heading back to Cleveland, uh, this weekend for the first time in like a year or so in, in full on draft mode, but I'm definitely with you on, uh, on uh, a little bit of the fatigue is, yeah, this like, you know, it's like two weeks before draft and you just want to get there. You're like, all right, all these prospects have been talked about ad nauseum. We're coming up. It's the silly take season now where the over analysis comes into play. But I would also like to announce that I am skipping OTAs as well. I just want to make that known nice. for everybody. Um, you know, sitting out OTAs really just, there's no need for me to work out in person this year with the team. I think I'm just going to sit them out.
1: I'm just going to actually remove that and say, there's no reason for me to work out period this year. I'm just not going to do it. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing it. I
0: haven't done it all quarantine. Why would I start now? You know?
1: <laughs> so is this your first flight back or any flight at all? Are you driving back? What's, what's your, no? What's your go-to?
0: oh God, no, uh, no, I will be flying back. I am, I am vaccinated. Um, so I feel a little, uh, a little more comfortable with that. Um, I actually, so it, it won't be quite a year, but I was last home in August, um, I have not been on a plane since then. I've do, done a couple trips in the car. A friend of mine lives in Arizona. I went to go see him. Um, another friend of mine was just visiting um, in Santa Barbara, which is like an hour and a half from me here in LA. So some car short car trips, but um, no, this will be the first time really going to see family in, in quite some time. So really looking forward to that.
1: Are you a stand up when the plane lands guy or are you a little bit more patient? This is a very important No.
0: Question. No, I mean you can't be stand up when the when the plane lands guy. Like you you just can't. I especially like, you know, if you're in like the back half of the plane, it's like you truly aren't going anywhere for at least a couple minutes. So, unless you here's my only this is the only thing as a as a known tall person mm-hmm. I do uh, after a long flight, especially LA to Cleveland is like four and a half hours. So like, I need to get up. I want to get up and stretch my legs. That is the only thing I'll do, but I'll it'll be kind of like the half stand up, you know, and I won't really like jolt into the aisle. The people who are like in the aisle, the minute the plane lands, it's like, sir, you should be Arrested and prosecuted to the full extent of the law. I think.
1: Yeah, I think that that becomes a little bit egregious, especially when people start mouth breathing with these masks on. And we we, we oh, flew yeah. we flew out to Wyoming uh, to see our brother in law, and it was I regretted every second of it. The people there were just <laughs> absolutely disgusting. And yeah, um, yeah. I listen. I'm just going to say I regret it. So we he just drove back to see us from. I think it took him 20, 23 hours to drive, $2,000. Yeah, $2, short, not a short, a not a short drive. No, it was it was pretty terrible. So yeah. uh, hold on. I'm going to set this up. The first thing I want to talk about is is the Bengals' new uniforms because you and yes. I have been co- collectively getting together, it seems like, on all of these new uniforms that happen. So I'm going to share my screen here, see if I can get this to work the right way. You never know. Uh, we are going to do an application window in this one, and I want your thoughts on the Bengals' new uniforms. Hit me with them now.
0: I'm ready. So like, I, I don't feel great about this take because I'm going to give them some praise now. Like they're not like earth shattering, um, or like really like super different, but I will say this very much in the vein of the Browns going back to like their simple, clean look. Mm -hmm. I think this is pretty like the all white is pretty clean. Um, and I think like teams make the mistake. And I think this is what the Browns did when they, uh, put Cleveland down the pant leg and everywhere else. Like they tried to do too much. They tried to get like 2019 with it. It was like Nike, were going to do a lot. And like, honestly, the only team that has had success with that is the Seahawks. Like the Seahawks went like futuristic and cool and they nailed it. And I think some other NFL teams were like, Oh, let's also do that. And you just, it has not worked. I think this is like, it's a B plus to me. I think they're pretty (laughs) good. Like they're, they're just a solid, solid, you can never go wrong. Like just being clean, you know, like not too busy, nothing like that. So I, it's a B plus. I don't feel great about it. I don't want to compliment the Bengals, but it's a B plus.
1: Yeah, I think that I tweeted out earlier today that they're like, ultimately, the Bengals uniforms are kind of how I feel about the franchise, which is like, <laughs> yes. like they're fine, they're fine, they're fine. I don't ever think about the Bengals now. Maybe. They start to collect some talent here with this draft, and and joking stay healthy. And they're I just don't think about them. They're kind of like the Reds in baseball. I don't know. I just don't think about them. They're fine. They're a franchise, and they they got the the uniforms are better. They could have. I think that Cincinnati might have the single most opportunity to jack up a uniform. Just the the different things yeah. you can do with stripes and the different things you could have done. They could have really botched it. I'm with you. They're good. They're fine. B B plus something in that that ilk is is completely fine. So uh, still not, in my opinion, as quality as as up i seventy one. But
0: no, uh, no, they a, are a much
1: a much improved upgrade where they lose that weird blending of the stripe down the side that went into so the bad. pants. It was it was really terrible. And the, yeah. the, what's ironic was somebody mentioned today that Chad Johnson was in the 04 reveal and he was heavily present he, in the uh, review. And he looks like he could still run a mean post. He looks
0: honestly, he hasn't aged and it's wild. It's definitely that McDonald's diet that he consists on somehow hasn't like ruined his entire body. Um, doesn't also, it work will out say,
1: for me like that, man. I, no, I just noticed that um, it doesn't do that for me. So
0: they made a whole documentary about how that doesn't work. And yet Chad Johnson <laughs> is just out here doing it. Also, I did want to mention that Joe Burrow's face in most of these pictures is how I think a lot of us feel about the Bengals. Just truly no, emo- <laughs> just no emotion. Yeah. The
2: no new star
0: photos
1: today were were yeah, really, really, really funny about well, yeah. someone tweeted, like, show me you need an offensive line without actually saying you need an <laughs> offensive line. And I thought that was really, really good. Yeah, so listen, good. all the best to the Bengals will uh, hopefully collect two wins from them next year. So let's yeah. talk about what we came here to talk about, which is a myriad of topics. The first we're going to start with is I guess it's 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 open-ended because the draft will ultimately tell us whether we, and I kind of have mentioned this in the lead-up over the weeks to this situation, which is there are still some desirable free agents out there on the market, and I don't think we're going to see anybody signed in these next week, what is it, a week and a half now uh, until yep. the draft. So it's going to happen after the draft if somebody misses on a position. Is there? I asked you if there was somebody you were specifically interested in post-draft, and you told me Richard Sherman. Talk to me about why you like it.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, for a while, um, you know, there was a lot of talk about like, oh, what if the Patriots tried to trade Stefan Gilmore? And like, how great would that be if the Browns, like, I don't know, got him for a, for a final year and just kind of had him there as, as his contract runs out. And obviously, Stefan Gilmore, I think, is a different caliber of player than what Richard Sherman is right now. But when you think about sort of the Browns secondary, and I think how the Browns want to play and kind of just have this hybrid of guys, especially with the John Johnson signing and Um, obviously they've got Denzel Ward and then you bring in Troy Hill and um, there's still question marks about greedy and like what he's going to be able to be. We just really don't know. I think like the Browns are very high on just adding sort of versatile and just bodies to that secondary that can play. And I know, you know, Richard obviously is, is not what people think of when he was in Seattle, but like he was really serviceable before he got hurt um, with the 49ers. Like he played pretty decently Um, and you know with with the Browns it's just not a guy that you you don't have to tell like Richard Sherman like hey you're out here playing every snap you know (laughs) like you're out here locking down the number one guy like they already have a guy that's doing that and they can move him around and they can play him in different schemes like he's just been a part of multiple organizations and played different areas and he's just for a Browns team that and it remains crazy to keep saying this but like that has genuine Super Bowl aspirations for this season it's like to have a name like Richard, who has literally been through the fire and been through like very grind out playoff games and high level games, like Mm -hmm. you can only benefit from having that type of guy on your roster. So whether or not this is something that happens, I don't know, but you know, he's still out there. I don't think he would cost you all that much. And like, he's just a guy that, you know, it's not a bad thing to have depth. And like Richard Sherman, his depth is, is really not the worst thing you can have on your roster.
1: Yeah, especially if you go after this draft, maybe you only get one corner, you get a corner early and a corner late, and you're like, man, I really need to feel comfortable about somebody in between there, and then you say, well, Steven Nelson is going to price himself out, I don't know what Brian Poole is post-surgery, and maybe he's too much of an inside guy to be an outside guy, this makes a lot of sense to me, and I think Richard brings the bravado like you talked about, a guy who's extremely hyper-confident, if he can make up for uh, with Baker, and, and they can find a way to shake hands together <laughs> yeah, figure that out, but handshake uh, I forgot about that yeah man that seems like forever ago but um yeah no if he could if he could if he I don't know if you got to have a conversation with him where is he in his career is he comfortable being a leader type of guy who can bring along teach habits that kind of stuff the Browns need confidence in their secondary they need a bunch of guys who can buy in and veteran presence and that's a guy who if he walks in the room everybody immediately respects him just a fact so I, I would have no issue with it if they decided to do that after vetting him like you and I have this conversation if you pull Richard Sherman into Berea and he says hey man I need to get my snaps I need to do x y and z well then okay man we're gonna wish you well and shake hands and see you later but if you come in if he comes in and talks and you get the right impression from him absolutely he could be a third out to you the outside corner you could bump a guy inside you could play four corner sets uh he would be a nice little player so um Let's keep going. We're going to talk too about some guys in the draft that think you think makes sense. So the first guy's going to pop up who is one of the best athletes I've seen in this draft from a from a physical standpoint. Might have the best six pack in this class, too. It's actually pretty <laughs> preposterous. Anyway, talk about Jamin Davis.
0: Yeah. So obviously he is a bit of a sort of late riser right now. And I, I, I tweeted this, but it, you're always a little wary of guys that sort of, you know, go through the the combine or their pro days this year and um, start jumping up the charts and you hadn't really heard of them before, but uh, similar to kind of like in a way with Richard, where you don't really need this person to come in and be this, like change the game immediately guy, or like our defense rests on your back. And When you look at his, I mean, his measurables are like undeniably insane. Like he, what did he run like a four, three, seven or something. And like he, some of the hits he was doling out at Kentucky, like he's a, he's physical, but like crazy fast. And again, like I think about the type of defense, the Browns want to play. And I think about the guys that they have. And it's kind of this concept of putting guys in multiple places and putting guys all over the field and, and speed is such a huge thing. And like, I, I think we probably agree on, and this has kind of been a theme of Andrew Barry's kind of philosophy, but like they don't want to spend a ton or, or pick a really a linebacker super high or any of that stuff. But if you can find a guy who's like, you know, kind of rising like this, but maybe teams aren't really sure about him and you can take kind of a, a, a flyer on him and, and just let him run around and use that speed without really having to worry about, you know, like if he screws up, then the whole defense falls down behind him. Like it's, um, it's really interesting to me. I don't know if he's the guy I want them to take, but like, it's hard to look away from a guy that, ha- even though he's super raw, um, and he's going to have growing pains. Like it's just, you don't see measurables like that all the time from, from a guy yeah. that, you know, is zooming around the field and that big and that physical. And, and it's certainly enticing.
1: Listen, if they're hell bent on drafting this player, which I, I again, got to make the caveat that you just did, which is, which is, uh, You know, I don't think they're going to do it either. But if they're going to draft linebacker, I think he makes a lot of sense. And if, you know, J.O.K. from Notre Dame isn't there, then I think he's the next best second level player, in my opinion. I don't know if that means 26. Maybe they trade down to 30, 35, something like that. And the fit makes a little bit more sense there. So uh, I don't think you can rule it out. Again, I don't think it's going to happen. But we have only seen Andrew Barry lead one draft. And the roster is the roster that's here. And they could look at it and say, who's the next best player available at this position? Okay, we have a grade of this on a player. I know we have guardrails, but we think this guy could really help our roster. So I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm not saying it won't. I, I just, I got to see more and more data evidence here to, 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 to really solve it. Because, you know, for the most part, mm-hmm. if a lot of people are off the board, if a lot of the corners, you know, Greg Newsom, we're going to talk about in a minute, if these top corners, JC Horn included, are off the board, then that's a player you could ultimately entertain. Talk to me about what you like about Newsom and Horn.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, with Newsom, honestly, I didn't know a ton about him during the season. I just didn't watch a lot of, you know, Northwestern football outside of the game they played against Ohio State. But like, we've done a little bit of like post draft or pre draft stuff here at the check down and and looking at guys and kind of getting to know some guys. And um, I popped into Northwestern's pro day a little bit and, Just, again, both him and J.C. Horn, I think, are just, like, strong dudes that can play, like, all over the field in that secondary. And, again, like, similar to the Richard Sherman thing, like, you just can't have enough good guys in the secondary. Um, And, again, like, there's just this question about Greedy. Like, is Greedy even going to be a guy that's going to be able to make the roster? Like, is Greedy a guy that's going to be able to kind of, like, just be their corner of the future we just have no idea and so I think when it comes I saw some clip of JC Horn where he just absolutely like knocks the receiver off the line or it was somebody's at the line of scrimmage and like those are the type of dudes I think that if you can add to the secondary you just start to really really get excited about like what this Brown secondary in a whole can be and it started with the John Johnson signing and it just with Troy Hill and and these guys and you just really start to get super excited about like physical guys that can fly over the field that can cover, but also are just like, yeah, just young and physical guys. And I think like both these guys sort of fit that mold, obviously who, no idea if JC Horn is going to be there. Um, obviously he's probably the bigger name of the two, but like Newsom is kind of maybe not super under the radar anymore. No, he's kind of been one of the top corners throughout this entire draft process. But like, if he's a guy that's there for you, like I, I would imagine the Browns would have to be thrilled and would have to really like consider uh, him as a, as a serious draft pick at twenty six.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think Horn goes relatively early. I think the, the the way he tested probably shoots him up the board. Maybe Philly, maybe the Chargers, something like that. He's a he's a part of the group, Jordan. Where I would be shocked if he's there at twenty six. For now, sure, same. Could they trade up? Yeah, I think I hold trade up in the same regard as as a linebacker in the first round. Just kind of where I would be like, wow, they actually did that. I think that would be really surprising to me. So I don't put it in my list of high probability percentage plays. I mean, Greg Newsom, listen, he's Denzel Light. And I mean that in the good way and the bad way. I mean that in a way that when I watch his tape, I'm like, okay, there's the same mirroring technique. There's a lot of similar ball skills. There's a lot of face guarding at the point of catch. Like he does a lot of things really well, click and close. But he also has played 21 games in the last two years. He's got some injury issues and he's missed time. And that's a big part of what we are talking about earlier with Richard Sherman, whether it's Richard Sherman or ultimately somebody else You're going to play, if you get drafted, okay, if Greedy is, air quotes, ready to go, Denzel's ready to go, you draft a guy and you go get a fourth and fifth corner. I'm telling my fourth and fifth corner, man, look, the data tells us you're going to play. Greedy missed an entire year with a nerve injury in his shoulder. We don't really
3: know, and we're going to talk about this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: more in a minute we don't really know if he's ever going to be right again Denzel has played three NFL seasons and has not played 16 games in any singular NFL season the fact of the matter is you're probably going to play early whether that's for good or bad it's just the fact so you can sit here and talk about well you're talking to a guy and say you're only going to be depth well the depth is going to always be challenged in the Cleveland secondary and I think that's why they're trying to go get as many bodies as possible so I'm completely with you about either horn if he falls i don't think he's going to but if he's there but newsom yes absolutely and guys like caleb farley too man like it's gonna be tough to pass on them let's talk about the slot receivers speedy quick uh undersized guy a little undersized height wise uh canary's tony you like a lot here and then you like rondale Moore. tell me what you like about them
0: yeah i think you said it like the theme of this is speed i think if there is one thing you know the browns offense right now you look at it and you're pretty happy with it you're pretty happy with what you're going especially if Odell comes back and is, you know, even 85, 90% of himself, like you feel pretty good about it. But if there is one thing probably outside of Odell that the Browns don't really have offensively, it's speed, a reliable speed guy. They've kind of churned guys in and out who have been quote unquote, you know, deep threats. I think about like Brashard Perryman was maybe the last like successful one of those guys. And he really only flashed for a handful of games and then he was gone. So when I think about if, if there was a perfect kind of player to add to this Browns offense. It is someone like a Rondell Moore or a Kadarius Toney where, look, I don't know what their route tree is. I don't know how well they're able to do anything outside of sort of, you know, put on the jets and, and go deep. But man, like Rondale before he got injured, um, I believe, whether he was a sophomore at Purdue, wh- whatever year that was, I mean, he was just absurdly explosive. Um, and he was going into that next season before he got hurt is one of the most kind of buzzed about, prospects, um, you know, that year before his, before his injury. Um, and sort of the same thing with Kadarius Tony, just the speed that these guys showcase on, at least in in Tony's case, a pretty prominent college program and like no shots at Purdue, obviously, but like both guys where you don't have to have them on the field all the time. You can bring them in on third downs. You can bring them in when you want to kind of spread the field and just have a guy that at least has that threat to not only go over the top, but also a guy that you can just kind of run shallow across the middle, get him the ball, let him do something in space because, for as great as like you know Jarvis Landry is, and he is a ball magnet. Like he's not going to drop a ball. He's just not really going to get once once he catches the ball. He's not really going to go much further. He's had instances, mm-hmm. but like these are the guys. And as you know, Jarvis kind of gets older and goes along, and um, you know who ha, unsure how long he'll be a Cleveland Brown for. Um, I think trying to grab one of these guys and get a young guy with speed that you can kind of mold and use in specific situations is. Maybe the final piece of this offense, it's not quite there yet.
1: Yeah, what you're talking about to me is two things. Uh, challenging the field not only vertically but horizontally. I think you have to make teams defend all 53 and a third because that's what makes teams like the Chiefs and what the Bills are even able to do this year between Beasley and Stephon Diggs is, is so tough is that you have to defend vertically, yes, but you always have to be aware of team, guys on the field who can erase angles laterally. That's a big problem. And that's what makes Kansas City especially so tough is that they have multiple guys on the field at any time between Nicole Harmon and, and and Tyreek Hill who can who can win simple things like a little jet flip pass is, is a 15-yard is game. It's just little things like that that add up throughout the yeah. year and make defenses stress about little things that maybe they don't stress about in other weeks, and that leads to other mistakes. So while it's fun to talk about guys like, Anthony Schwartz and some other guys. Like we're going to talk about like, like uh, the deep deep ball burner types. There's a whole bunch of them, but Schwartz is just the first one that comes to my head in this class. That's a build-up speed player, kind of the same way Donovan Peoples-Jones, is who we're going to talk about in a minute, is a build-up speed player. It takes them a minute to get going to top speed. Their top speed's good, but it takes them a minute to get there. The, the, what you're talking about is now speed guys, like in the in the snap of a finger, are at top speed and are and are really really moving. And that's a different type of player that leads to separation all over the field. I asked you quickly, Jordan. that we're going to close with this. I see this so many times. People say, well, the Browns aren't going to pick nine guys because they don't have nine roster spots. Well, first of all, pick 255 and pick whatever, 212, are never guaranteed a roster spot. They're literal throws at the dart at the dartboard. So it's like, to me, there are guys that I think people think are locks for this roster, and I just don't know that they are. Um, And I am going to address this more at a later date, but like I asked you off the top of your head, tell me two guys you think are maybe guys that aren't as comfortable on the roster as people think they are. And you said Donovan Peoples-Jones first, so elaborate on that a little bit.
0: Yeah, you know, like, it's it's tough with him because um, I was, like, very pleasantly... I think all of us were very pleasantly surprised with his rookie season. Like, I don't think we really knew what to expect. Um, There was obviously the physical tools were there. Um, He was pretty badly misused at Michigan, but just didn't really get to like show off the type of player he was. Um, But like you said, like he had a lot what's so crazy about diamond people's Jones is like the catches he made were impactful, like really impactful catches. They were, they were touchdowns against the Titans. He had ran that uh, beautiful double move for a touchdown against the Bengals early on the season when Baker was going nuts and led them to that comeback. He had that incredible catch on the side of the end zone, but like there really wasn't anything in between. It was really either like, here's this really impactful catch. um, A handful of them scattered over a handful of games, or, you know, there's really not much. And he really wasn't a factor in the kick return game. Like it, when you talk about he needs like to get going for that speed to show up, like I was very confused. I was like, how how was he a kicker? Like he just never really seemed to have that acceleration, um, even when he did get a little bit of a head start. So you're kind of you start thinking about like, okay, well where does he fit in, sort of with the future plans of this team and and maybe what they need. Like is he redundant? Is he a redundancy when you have Rashard Higgins and they draft maybe or they they sign a faster guy? Like then where does he sort of fit? So. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying at all like, okay, like he's out of the circle already because I think he had the highest, like yard, one of the highest like yards per catch in the league, just like because of he was going deep and making these, these big plays. But like, you just didn't see a lot of intermediate stuff. That's like, okay, he can do the big stuff and some of the small stuff. And maybe that's a guy that gets squeezed out depending on some of the other moves that they make. But, um. Yeah, it's just he's just really interesting to talk about. Even though I think he had probably a better rookie year than we expected.
1: For sure, I don't think many people expect him to do anything outside of kick return game, and it ended up being the kick return game was like probably the worst yeah. part of what he was doing for the Browns. I just By he's pause. very yeah, he's very hesitant. He doesn't put his foot in the ground, make one cut and, and drive. He's kind of got some hesitation about where to go. And I listen, I when you get on the football field in the NFL, I I, there's one thing I would not ever want to do in the NFL. And that's turn kicks. I just think it would be the most fear uh, and and, and (laughs) thing you could possibly do. The guys of that size who are usually Johnny Tryhards who are trying to hang on to a roster spot, who are trying to rip your literal head off. And uh, yeah, I would be definitely afraid of that, but he has to impact somewhere. So, okay. Here's my only thought. Like there's definitely uncertainty between their top three wide receivers. Shard Higgins, Is done a a one-year deal again. There's no long-term commitment to him. Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham have ways out of their contract after next year. So it's like, okay, on one hand, I understand totally like we need young developing receivers. We like Donovan. We're easing him in. Uh, I and and then it's like okay. On the other hand, you really like Kadero Hodge because he provides a ton of special yep. teams versatility. And then you are probably going to go draft a guy. So it's like Donovan Peoples Jones going to be worth in a Diami Brown or a Elijah Moore, or if they get somebody like Rondell Moore, absolutely not. He's going to be in the the bottom of that totem pole. So then it becomes like, are they going to hold on to a sixth receiver and in an offense? That doesn't necessarily need that many receivers. So that's the question. Like I think it'll boil down to one of Cadero, Hodge or People's Jones at the end of the day, is what I think it'll get to yeah. because um it's gonna be tight. But like I, I don't think he's a he's a lock. I definitely think he's 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 probable to make the roster because I think they see some developmental traits in him they like. But yeah, if he has a really poor offseason, he doesn't come back in perfect shape, which I think he will, but he may say hypothetically yeah. he doesn't. He has a poor preseason. Uh, poor training camp and preseason, then it's like, okay, well, you know, we'd rather have for a Super Bowl envision. We're envisioning ourselves pushing toward the Super Bowl. We really like Canary Hodge for a ton of reasons, and that's four receivers. We drafted this kid out of whatever in this spot. We like him a ton. He's the odd man out. We want to keep four tight ends. So there is a little bit of that at play. So ra- I think that that's an interesting, uh, an interesting player to discuss. And then last is Greedy, and I think your answer is going to be pretty simple.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we've we kind of touched it, on it already. Um, I mean, you know, like, first of all, it's crazy. When the story came out about just how bad it was, it was pretty unbelievable. Like it was one of those injuries where he just sort of disappeared. <laughs> and you didn't yeah. really have any idea what was going on. And then he like, had some cryptic tweets about like, oh, I'm, like Greedy's coming back for the playoffs and all this. And it just was a really weird thing where the Browns didn't give a ton of updates. Um and then when his the story came out, you're just you're just happy he got feeling back in that shoulder. And like he was, you know, able to kind of like move his arm up and down again. Like that's best case scenario for him. And the the other outcomes were pretty scary. But then, yeah. So, you know, he's kind of behind the eight ball now. You miss an entire season. Um, he had an incredibly up and down uh, rookie season. He was not drafted by Andrew Berry. So like when you kind of like look at a lot of these factors, you um, if he, again, I think similar, like we talk about Diamond People Jones, like, okay, if they training camp, if he struggles, and yeah, maybe the Browns take another corner at 26, and um, could, they're could, looking could at Greedy. one
1: at 91 and sign a guy, it,
0: too. 100%. Yeah. So, it's like, it, uh, Greedy's in a tough position, and it was a really tough injury to have um, to, to miss that much time and really not be able to show sort of this new regime like what you are actually capable of after a you know all he has on tape is a fairly rocky rookie season so it's it's gonna be I think again yeah in training camp and depending on what the Browns do in the draft or if they sign someone but I think Greedy has a bit of an uphill climb to sort of show not only that he's healthy but then if he is healthy that he like belongs on the roster so we'll see with greedy like obviously you know I wish wish him a ton of luck to make this team and be a big part of it I mean like it, w- it would be an incredible story for what he had to overcome with the nerve injury but man puts him in a tough spot
1: it is an uphill battle he's fighting for his NFL life man like you said they could expand on the position I think we'll have a pretty good idea Jordan if they draft two corners they could even draft yeah. three they could get crazy and draft three and then all of a sudden maybe they sign somebody that'll ultimately tell you but yeah, I mean, he comes out and he, and, he, and he he tries to make one play and all of a sudden it, it feels weird again. Um, it's He could get traded. Any number of things could happen to him there. And you're right. The big thing is he was not an Andrew Barry pick. And that that ultimately, for good or bad matters, I don't think Andrew Barry short-sighted like some are about their own guys, air quotes there but I do think that they understand the pressing need of this season in a nice window here where you still have a cheap quarterback, you haven't paid any of your other guys yet, where it's like, okay, we need to press right now. Can we get anything out of him? Whatever, whatever. I do think that, uh, listen, I read everybody's replies. I see a lot of things. People are banking on Greedy being back, and people are banking on Grant Delpit being back. I don't think they're going to rush either of those guys along. And they should They shouldn't, and I think Grant Delpit is going to be put on a little bit of what Ronnie Harrison was put on last year, where Ronnie, when he was traded. Now, this is a different reason. He was traded and ultimately ends up in learning a new system in, in a very short period of time, no preseason games or anything. So he's traded for, and he doesn't really become a part of the team's defense until like week six, he gets some actual volume snaps. So like, I think they're going to bring Grant along very, like very very slowly, and that's why I lean that they're going to take a safety and they're going to take multiple corners because. Like I mentioned earlier with our conversation around Richard and our conversation around those two top prospects, if you're going out and signing a guy, you're telling them you are, yes, while you look at this paper, it says depth, maybe you're the third or fourth guy on the list, but I guarantee you're going to play. It's just a fact of the matter until we have proof. Otherwise, you are going to play for this team in some capacity. So I I would urge fans not to count on greedy until we see it again, pull for him, want him to do well, hope it works out. But I wouldn't count on him. And the same with Grant. I think Grant is obviously a long-term part of the Browns. But, like, you got to see him play comfortably. That's a mental thing, man. he If you don't recall, it was on Browns Daily. They caught the clip of it. All he did was jump up to catch a football and land. That's all he did. He just yeah. came down. Non-contact. And, and
0: that's got to be, like you said, like mentally to get back out on the field. And just, like, it's one thing to run into a guy. You know, it's another thing to just come down on your leg and you're like, whoa. So, yeah, it's, yeah I think the yeah, mental part is up spot and, on.
1: Yeah, just going up and catching a football in a drill—nothing more than that. So he hasn't put on pads, and 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 he hasn't been to Berea since the injury. You know, he hasn't been on the practice field since then. It's a bad injury. So while we all talk about all these other things the Browns could do. They've got to answer another safety, in my opinion, and they've got to go get a couple corners. And then and that couple corners, well, part of that equation could be a free agent. So we will see. I think, that, I think that there are going to be some little breadcrumbs laid between now and August that tell us how they feel about Greedy and probably tell us how they feel about Grant's immediate return to the football field. So, Jordan, this was fun, man. Tell everybody where they can find you.
0: Yeah, you can find uh, professionally at the at the checkdown. Um, check us out. We're uh, gearing up for for draft stuff, so please follow us uh, during the draft. I'll be in Cleveland, fortunately, get to uh, do some behind the scenes stuff, so that should be really fun. And then, um, yeah, find me on Twitter just at Jordan Zerm, so you can find me there. Jake, this was uh, this was awesome, man. Thanks for having me on.
1: My pleasure, my friend. My pleasure. We always will have you on, I don't know, every quarter or so when you find some time for us. So this was a blast. I, I, again, appreciate everybody. We've had like 70 people hanging out with us. Comments are always great. Some of you show up every single night, and I can't I can't thank you enough. I, I can't. It's sort of weird to fathom for me that people would show up to hang out with me every night and talk rounds, but this is great, and it's going to be more fun when we get to next weekend, and we have our OBR live show during the first round and part of the second round. So I hope you join us then. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, with another guest. Until then, again, make sure you subscribe with us to all the different platforms we have. Shout out to Jordan for joining us. And as usual, Go Browns!
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium?